Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 free bets. It is that simple. Just remember to use the code PHNX when you sign up. My mind is a little all over the place here because we spent the last 30 minutes trying to help Get Frank Sanders hooked up with his remote setup, and uh, I think we got it going. Frank, can you hear us? Are, are we good here? I can hear you, <laughs> but I'm not sure if I will stay in flowing because I think that I, my internet is not at high speed. Okay. Well, fingers crossed. It seems to be working now. Low speed so- internet will have to do for tonight, Frank. <laughs> wow. You're good, my man. Um, all right. Well, uh, now that we got things uh, sorted out here with our, our cameras and our microphones, the trade deadline came and went today, and the Arizona Cardinals were silent. So Zach Ertz trade is, is all that the Cardinals had up their sleeve before the deadline. Are we happy about this or are we disappointed that Steve Kime didn't work his magic to uh, add another piece to this Cardinals team? Uh, I think if you would have told anybody before the season, hey, by the way, you're going to add a Pro Bowl tight end uh, with or without Max Williams in the fold before the end of the trading end line, a lot of folks would have said that's a huge success. I think the Cardinals and and their fan base that I love, that we love, a little bit of victim of our own success in, in this regard, um, if you look at the barometer today, no major moves were, were consummated. And you could argue outside of the Von Miller trade that Sherson we talked about yesterday, the Zach Ertz edition was by far and large the, the most impactful in terms of name recognition. So I think it's a, a maybe a little bit unrealistic for the Cardinals to go out and then make another move today. Where that likely stems from, and I understand this perspective, is J.J. Watt's injured. He's hurt now. You already felt like maybe you didn't have quality depth of defensive tackle, so go out and get somebody, right? But it takes two to tango. The Cardinals have, as of right now, just under $2 million in available cap space. They have minimal picks, especially on day three next April in the 2022 NFL draft. So while I understand the pursuit or the or the wanted pursuit of somebody like Fletcher Cox, who Philadelphia had some phone calls on, the Cardinals just didn't have an appetite for that. They get Corey Peters back this week. You know, as, as we're recording this, J.J. Watt hasn't been put on the IR yet. I don't know why he hasn't been put on the IR yet. Uh, he's supposed to have surgery this week. And then you've got Steve Kime going on local radio saying he'll be back this year. So I who knows what to, to make of that whole thing. But I can tell you that I'm still confident in this roster. I still think it's a contending roster. They just need some, some other players to step up, most notably. I think the microscope now – guys goes on one Jordan Phillips. You gave him that bloated contract. He's back. He's healthy now, you would hope. I think he's got to be the one that steps up in the second half of the season with no J.J. Watt. Yeah, uh, Peter says you can't make moves with no money. Unfortunately, the salary cap does not have overdrafts. But there are ways to get creative, and they weren't. We we knew from the start that they weren't going to get another big name. I mean, their their big get was Zach Ertz, but there was a chance that maybe they could 
get a depth piece, at least get somebody in that might be able to add some depth depth to your defense, whether it was up front or in the secondary. So, but they chose not to do anything. You 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 don't have enough money, but you have draft picks. Don't be afraid to try to win a championship this year. Whatever it takes, they should have did it. If they felt like they had the opportunity to go get good players, they should have went and got the good players. Who yeah, do you think, you know, Frank? Who do you think they should have gotten after? I mean, you just said Fletcher Cox might have been an option. I know that the conversation is that our, a lot of guys have been hurt and now they're getting healthy. Guys have been on our now they're coming off our that's great. However, you still need to prove to the guys that you want to win and win right now. Uh, you know, Frank, I, I agree with that. I, I think that if, at the end of the day, if, if you're fighting for your job and your livelihood and you're Steve Kime and, and Michael Bidwell, specifically Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, go and reinforce this roster. What it tells me as an outsider, as somebody who's who's looking at it from an outsider's perspective, I think Kime and Cliff feel pretty confident that they're going to be around. I think that this 7-1 start has has bought them – some breathing room, some increased credibility. I mean, we're all very reactionary off of the last week because it's been the most trying in terms of outside of the COVID week leading up to Cleveland, which they won. You're talking about no J.J. Watt now, and you lose a a nationally televised game, and now your quarterback is injured, presumably, for this Sunday. That's a lot of adversity over the last calendar week. And so the easy reactionary method is to say, go out and get somebody. Supplement, fill in. When we have to take a step back and say, hey, we probably haven't even played our best football yet. The offense has been good, but it makes mistakes. Certainly it can be better than it was last week. And then you look at somebody like, you know, I'll keep harping on this until it changes. Chandler Jones, who is one of the biggest cap hits on this team, who's sackless since week one, he's got to pick up the baton for this defensive front seven in the absence of Watt. I think going out and making a reactionary move. Although, you know, of course we'd love Fletcher Cox to come to Arizona. You know, Jonathan Allen supposedly was, was available from Washington, maybe a lesser name like Michael Brockers from Detroit. Like moves are great. They're splashy. They grab headlines, but for the Cardinals to, to, to achieve the kind of success that we want them to have in, in pursuit of a championship, like Chandler Jones has to be the guy has to be the best version of Chandler Jones that we've seen each of the past couple of seasons. We can't have what we have right now from him and expect to compete. And and it starts this weekend. So I, I love trades just as much as the next guy, but I think you just get you have to be realistic with with where this team is right now. And, and they're seven and one. I think hey, this you, team go ahead, Frank. You speak highly of Sean McVay and what they did over in the Rams. They threw the bag the limo, the jet, they threw everything in for this one opportunity. And now it's like this trade's aren't good. No, man, this is the best time. You got the hottest team. The the teams in your division is getting better. And you have an opportunity to, to go forward to continually add veteran leadership and depth, knowing that you just lost J.J., I just don't see why this was a quiet moment. Zach Ertz was a great pickup because we lost one of our top tight ends. But in truth, if they would have went out and got some more players, it would have 
defensively would have added more to what our defensive confidence would have been like going forward, knowing that we don't have J.J.? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people look at what the Rams did getting Von Miller and they've got like zero draft picks for next year. And so the the, the thought is, wow, they are doing everything they possibly can to win this year. And we need to do that, too. I just don't know what was would have been a reasonable like like or feasible rather move that they could have actually pulled off considering the lack of of, you know, cap space they have, et cetera. Um, so I think there are several guys on this team that have a higher ceiling than what they're producing at. I think we've yet to see, um, Jordan Phillips who, you know, we've gotten back in the past few years or past few years, the past few weeks, um, you know, reach his full potential. I think, you know, Johnny, you touched on it with Chandler Jones. Um, I definitely think that the Cardinals could have used some more depth at several positions, but I think what the guys that they have now are the guys you're going to have to, you know, improve and, and, and stick with. Um, yeah. But we do have a lot of questions that are, that are coming up right now about, um, about Kyler. Um, seems like the timeline is heavily leaning towards Kyler Murray not playing. Do you guys think Colt starting is more likely than Kyler gutting it out? So we'll, we'll jump to a couple of these questions because we're getting a couple of them about Kyler. Uh, we talked about this yesterday, Johnny. Um, we're not sure of the severity of it uh, at this moment or how he's progressing at this moment. I think the timeline is they're going to see how he is tomorrow, um, try him out at practice and just see how things go tomorrow. And then they're going to, they're going to go from there. But we all seem to think that if he is struggling in any way with that, with that ankle injury, trot Colt McCoy out and, and let Kyler set this one out. I, yeah, I know what I would do. I, I would not jeopardize the health of my quarterback in a special season for one game when you've built a seven and one record. Now, Kyler Murray may force their hand. I think that that's the one thing that maybe we're not considering is if he comes out and says, I'm playing, I feel good enough to play. I mean, what do you, what do you say if you're Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, do you have the cloud to just kind of override Kyler Murray? Yeah, I don't know the I do. answer. To, I don't know the, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I would hope that the head coach does. I think Colt McCoy, this is going to sound nuts. I'll probably get roasted for it. Colt McCoy at hundred percent, gives them a better chance to win, to win than Kyler Murray at 70%. Um, and I think that I just feel like we go back to that Rams game last year and he, he left the game like after the first series. And I know this is a different scenario, but like, couldn't you just see if they try to trot him out there, compromise him going down in the game because the offensive line hasn't played well. I know they're getting Rodney Hudson back this week. Presumably the Niners have a healthy defensive front I mean, like, well, just I, I just feel like Cole McCoy is going to be in this game. Off anyway. IR doesn't mean that he's going to be ready to go on Sunday, or even if he is ready to go, he's been out for several weeks right. now. What he's going to look like, but yeah, I mean, he's back off IR, but he might still have a couple of weeks before we see him back out on the field. Colt McCoy was made for this offense, and people scoff at that notion. He's thirty-five years old. He's been in the league a long time, and. I just think this is a perfect marriage for him. When guys like Case Keenum and Mike White can have success, the Cardinals have the weaponry offensively to manufacture points. I don't care who they're playing. And so you let the chips fall where they may because, man, it can get a whole hell of a lot worse if you try to trot out Kyler Murray 
and you get cute and he's compromised and he gets really hurt and you lose the game anyway. And then everybody's thinking to themselves, oh, we just should have played Colt McCoy to begin with. Have faith in Kingsbury. Everybody says Kingsbury, phenomenal season, and I would agree with that. Then have faith that he's able to take somebody super high football IQ that does things well in his offense. I just think that's not being played up nationally. Like Colt McCoy, this is what he ran to some extent at the University of Texas. And then in the NFL, he's been kind of forced in a lot of these stops like Cleveland and Washington to be this like seven-step drop quarterback. And then when you saw him, Cherson, like we did in the preseason, quick throws, right? Running the shotgun. He can be a little bit under center. I think they'll emphasize the run game. They have players on their team that can manufacture yards after the catch. I just think that you pull the ripcord just for this week and you get Kyler ready for Carolina next Sunday. I don't know how to answer that because, Johnny, you put a lot out there. And you you try to make me believer in Colt McCoy, and I just I'm not that dude. I'm not that dude. That's fair. I'm That's not. fair. I That's just, fair. I, no, 35, haven't really played a full season, hasn't really dominated any offense he's ever been in. Um, and I understand he's smart, intelligent. That's Uh oh, did we lose my guy? He's asleep. All right. So, can we just acknowledge a comment from Bernard in the in the chat? I love Johnny, Calling but I feel out. like he has way way too much faith in Colt. He was pretty awful last year, from what I. Okay, take the last half of that last sentence, and then let's let's have a discussion. The Giants are a dumpster fire of an organization. They are, by and large, a, a bottom five franchise. The Cardinals have, in my opinion, top three to five weaponry offensively. I think they have a much better coach than Joe Judge. I, ju- I think that like comfort level, it's the same thing like where Nick Foles can, can win a Super Bowl. And I'm not comparing Cole to Nick Foles, but Nick Foles can win a Super Bowl in Philadelphia and then get shipped out of town and go sign a big money deal in Jacksonville and be God awful. Right. You have to have comfort in your surroundings. You have to have a coach to coach you up. I'm actually a little bit curious. Let's put the Strevler stuff aside, Cherson, because I think that was more of a kind of a gimmick thing. I thought oh, Cliff Kingsbury did, did some nice things with Brett Hundley in 2019. I Everything that we heard when he came to Arizona, even before Kyler was like, He's a quarterback guru, somebody he can elevate quarterbacks. That's why I was excited to, for him to work with Josh Rosen. Let's see that maturation process this Sunday with Colt McCoy. They lose this game. It's it's disappointing. You lose two in a, two in a row. It's not worth risking your season. And I, I just think that when you've got people like Jay Glazer coming out and saying, like, it's a one to three week recovery time minimum, and they're talking about swelling in the ankle still, and this is somebody we love, Kyle, that relies on his mobility – that it's just it's just not a smart decision. And this is not you're not playing the Packers, you're not playing the Rams, right? You're playing a flawed Niner team that that's starting Josh Norman and I can't even remember like and Drake Kirkpatrick are their top two corners. Like that'll play with with Colt McCoy. And he's not somebody who turns the ball over. So he's not gonna have, you know throw five touchdowns, but if he plays mistake free football, Cardinals have a top three to five defense right now. That's that's good enough. Let let the rest of the team elevate Colt McCoy. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Um, 
you mentioned it when you said, um, I'm losing my train of thought here. I'm trying to get Frank You're back fine. on the broadcast. And uh, I think he's gone for good. So he might just be moving on without Frank for the rest of the show. It was nice while it lasted. We appreciate mm-hmm. all of Frank's effort trying to get hooked up remotely when technology is not his friend. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> Let me try this. Let me try this one more time. Let's see. Frank, are you there? Are you with us, man? There he is. What a disaster. We are never doing this show remotely again. And we see him, but we can't hear him. The comedy of errors. We appreciate your patience, friends. Hello. Oh, Frank. Hello, hello. Hey, Frank, can you hear us? Hello. Hello. Can you hear us, Frank? All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna give this ten more seconds, and then kicking Frank off for good. Frank, why you're doing that? Go ahead. I don't think he's got us. Why you're doing that? I'm glad to see Bernard in the chat is saying that's a good point. Brett Huntley won a game for us against Seattle. That is true, and this team is much better than that team in 2019. And I also think that give Colt McCoy all the first team reps this week, right? He's dressed every game. He will be comfortable. It is not like throwing – and people just think Colt McCoy, that's a taboo name. The Cardinals prioritized Colt McCoy in the offseason, and he looked really, really refined in the preseason. This is not Strebler gimmick. I don't know what that was, but I can tell you, based on this acquisition of Colt McCoy, they learned from that, that you cannot be unprepared ill-prepared like they were with Chris Strebler last year. Well, and Brett and Hundley like, did Brett Hundley did great for them last, last season. And he was a fine backup quarterback, but the Cardinals wanted somebody that was not only going to be, you know, be better at that backup role, but that was also going to help out Kyler Murray and, um, you know, help him in his maturity process and be, mm-hmm. you know, just somebody that he can bounce ideas off of, et cetera. And so, with as well as Brett Hundley played last year, again we've we've stated it. Let's leave Strebler out of it. Um, yeah. But with, but Colt McCoy is much better than Brett Hundley as a backup quarterback, and so I I have a lot of faith in Colt as well. Do I think that he is Kyler Murray by any stretch of the imagination? No, but I also think the Cardinals can win, you know, a, a football game against a mediocre team with Colt. And look at all the weapons yeah. he still has. I mean, you know, think you, you you mentioned it earlier too, Johnny. Have faith in Cliff Kingsbury and his play calling, and have faith in who Colt McCoy is as a veteran in the league and the weapons that he has around him. So I wouldn't mind seeing Colt go in at this point in the season, save Kyler, and also see what you got in Colt. Give him. I mean, he hasn't played a in a regular season game for the Cardinals. I mean, if he, it, it would not be the worst thing if he got a taste of being able to play in a real, uh, you know, regular season game with this team, God forbid, if something happened down the line with Kyler and he would have to step in, at least we could point back to, you know, this opportunity that he was able to have mid season. So, I mean, I, I, for sure, if Kyler is, is good to go, if the swelling goes down and all of a sudden he makes this miraculous recovery and, um, you know, he feels ready to go. Doctors feel safe with him going, you know, by all means, go with Kyler. But if there's any doubt whatsoever, go with Cole. I have all the confidence in that. 
It's it's what the smart organizations do. Look what can't believe I'm saying this. The Dallas Cowboys on Sunday against a very good Minnesota team in terms of personnel. We the Cardinals saw that firsthand. Said Dak Prescott, it's too important to what we're trying to do this season. We can't try you out there injured. We're going to roll with a guy who's been in our system in Cooper Rush for a couple years. And, and look what happened. They let their skilled players take over. Zeke and the bevy of receivers that they have. Their offense is, in my opinion, on par with what the Cardinals have. I think those are the two most talent-rich offenses in the NFL. So I, they, I don't really default to Jerry Jones and, and Mike, McCoff, Mike McCarthy often. But they just gave you a blueprint. Go out and beat a, a middling team like a Minnesota or a San Francisco because you just have better players, right, and trust your system. All right. So, Peter, it's not about cold. It's about the protection that has progressively gotten worse as injuries mount. Are there any guarantees that Hudson is good to go? So we mentioned this earlier. There are no guarantees that he's good to go. We just know that he has been activated off injured reserve. So he's good to return to practice. Whether that means he's going to be good to go for Sunday is yet to be seen. But I'm sure they're they're hopeful that it'll happen. Kelvin Beecham and both he and DJ Humphreys, I think, spoke today and talked about Hudson's impending return. So I, I would say barring maybe something unforeseen, maybe he has a setback, God forbid. It's trending in that direction. I would also see Beast, we've talked about it, Cheerson. Like, does Max Garcia, if he's back, does he kick over to right guard? Uh, do you give Josh Jones, who I hate to see, struggle a short leash? But I mean, like outside of Kyler Murray, this offense is not only uh, the same as to start the season in terms of your starters, but it's now better because you have Zach Ertz. So like it, this is not Trot and Colt McCoy out there with a bunch of B and C players. I mean, like it, you can make an argument. There's not a better situation for Colt to succeed than this weekend. But yeah, they got to have Rodney back. That's for sure. Got the text from Frank. I'm sorry. So we are officially moving on without him. We love you, Frank. We'll see you Friday. <laughs> okay. Um, I did skip this. I thought it was interesting. Um, just quickly going back to the Von Miller trade, the NFL t- uh, network, I believe, tweeted out a picture of um, Jalen Ramsey, of uh, Aaron Donald, and of Von Miller. And Fitz's dad, who is a member of the media, of sports media, yeah. uh, responded to it. And I hate it because it is in text. It's Twitter. So you don't know the uh, the way that he meant it. But he said, you think the Cardinals are scared? And I, I, wanna, I want to take it as like, you know, like, you know, ooh, like you, you think the Cardinals are scared? They're not scared. But he was probably meaning it like, Oh, I wonder if the Cardinals are scared now because you know, that's a, that's a, you know, those are some formidable defenders and um, you know, they're in the race right now for the NFC West, but I would like to think that it was like, we're not scared, but I doubt it. (laughs) The Cardinals have already beaten the Rams. I mean, just in that game, Mm, I, I don't, I don't think that move is significant. I, uh, I think the Cardinals are better than they were when they played him. Um, Certainly offensively. Can't say that defensively without J.J. Watt. But, like, when Kyler comes back, I mean, they didn't have Zach Ertz when they played the Rams the first time. I think that's a more significant addition than Von Miller. Von Miller is going to be on a snap count. He's not even healthy enough to play this weekend. I thought that was a – 
I understand what the Rams are doing because this is what they do, trading for Brandon Cooks and Marcus Peters and Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford. Like they don't value the draft, and that's fine. The Cardinal Zach Ertz is is a focal point of this Cardinal offense. He's going to play ninety plus percent of the snaps. Von Miller, that move is like, you know, if they're playing the Packers at Lambeau Field in the NFC Championship game and you need edge rusher on third down, I just, with all due respect to our Denver peeps, I just, I'm, I don't see the value. You have completely. Just, I mean, this guy is like, we're already digging his grave for him at this point. Like, you just think that he is a non-factor. And I happen to think that they, it was a great trade. And uh, that's scary to have Von Miller added to that defense. But okay, Johnny. Okay. All all I got to say is the Cardinals offensive line better be fixed up by the next time they face him. He's been old and expensive. Um, Let's not say he'll be ineffective. Uh, cause I, I trust McVeigh cause he's an elite head coach. They'll put him in positions to succeed, but like, would it surprise anybody if he like, he got hurt again? No, cause he's old and that's what happens to older players. Von Miller is Chandler Jones for the Rams. Dot, dot, dot. Why do I hurt myself? <laughs> well, the difference is Chandler at least plays, but I mean, yeah, we're all longing for Chandler Jones of 2019. Well, we you could compare him to sacks. J.J. Watt, could you not? Aren't, aren't they at similar oh, yes. points in their careers? I would compare that more than uh, than I would to uh, Chandler Jones. Yes, that's a very uh, appropriate comparison, unfortunately. Although I think J.J. Watt, the people who didn't watch this team are downplaying the loss of Watt, and they don't think it's significant. What J.J. Watt did for this, for this organization it makes me emotional to talk about because it it's just depressing that he's not around. <laughs> Like it was much more than the box sheet and you saw his presence on the field. Like he, he's an advanced metrics, darling, advanced stats, darling people who were like, he had one sack on the season, not a big loss. Like get the, he was a huge part of why they were seven and oh, and it remains to be seen if, if they can rebound. I think they can, but it's, it's going to take a cumulative effort on their part. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh at you getting emotional. It was like semi, it was like semi a joke, but it, I mean like that just the whole thing is just sucky and I want them to get a win so we can move past it. Cause it will linger until they get another victory until they can show that they can pick up the baton and, and take care of business. And I'm sure like whether or not he'll come out and say this, that's probably part of why Kyler wants to play so bad. He's like, Hey, you know, I threw that interception at the end of the game. We're emotionally spent after green Bay, after losing Watt. like, let me pick up my teammates. I, I hope he, he thinks like that. Um, but again, I just, we also, I think have to be careful because the season went awry so fast last year and they just plateaued in the second half of the season and doubt will start to creep in, not with the players per se, but the fandom, like you start seven and oh, and then you drop a couple games in a row and you've got Colt McCoy starting and you don't have JJ Watt, like people will feed off of that. And we don't want that. We want to put out a fire right now. There's a little bit of a fire going on. We, We want this organization to respond like we know they can. Yeah, I agree. I wonder if like morale is, has anything to do with the fact that they've not officially put JJ on IR. Um, they're probably, I mean, I'm sure they're dragging it out as much as they possibly can in terms of like this, yeah, him actually getting the surgery and what is said, uh, you know, after he gets it and um, you know, but it, it couldn't, it certainly couldn't uh, to help, or it certainly couldn't hurt morale by dragging it out and saying, oh, there's a possibility that he might return uh, for at least this, at minimum, this fan base. But I was just looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, 
it the this game is officially a pick 'em. Would you mm-hmm. care to explain that for everybody? So when when it is a pick 'em, you cannot bet on the money line because the money line is also a pick 'em. So you're just picking the winner or the loser. Vegas thinks it's split right down the middle. Um, I, I would tend to probably lean more San Francisco to to cover points when and if you get them. Um, but I, I think we're gonna see the Cardinals get points. And what I mean by that is I think by the time this hits on Sunday, the line will probably be right around two and a half in favor of San Francisco. And I think there's value for the Cardinals really? fandom if you want to bet. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not at that point yet. Anyway, uh, given the 49ers performance next last weekend, they're getting back George Kittle. Trent Williams is healthy. D Ford is back. Um, they, they, they got their mojo going a little bit with Brandon Ayuk and certainly Debo Samuel. And the Cardinals are beat up. I know the Cardinals have de- 10 days to prepare, but I mean, like Cliff Kingsbury's 0 for 3 off a of bye. I don't think that means a ton in terms of a strategic uh, advantage. So if you see the pick them, it just means like you just pick your pick who you think is going to win. Um, and it's they just remove the money line. But I think it'll it's going to trend towards San Francisco being favored before Sunday. But that's uh, that's assuming that Kyler Murray is out, right? This is judging off yeah. of Kyler being out. Okay, yeah, because I think it'll swing in the opposite direction if if uh, Kyler is oh, yeah. going to suit up. We'll know by Adam Schefter puts out a tweet Saturday night around like one a.m. Players expected to play, and if he's not in that group, then that number is really going to start to plateau in favor of San Francisco. But if some chance that he's like, hey, I'm feeling good, I'm running around, I'm doing some calisthenics on Saturday, then I could see that number going up to maybe like three or four in favor of of the Cardinals. This is going to be a tough game whether or not Kyler plays. This is not going to be a rollover game. The Cardinals barely beat San Francisco um, in Arizona. Now I think the way the Cardinal defense is situated, they're better to take on Jimmy Garoppolo than they are somebody like Trey Lance that's a wild card, essentially an athlete playing quarterback and was running around. But they lost Rodney Hudson in that game about midway through. So having him back, I, I just it's going to be a difficult game no matter who starts. That's why I'm just pretty indifferent that you might as well play your backup and let Kyler rest up. All right. We mentioned this earlier, but if you do want to get in on the action on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, download it. Use the code PHNX. Bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game. If they do, you're going to get $200 in free bets. But as always, it's 21 and over. Arizona Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And Johnny, do you have a new article up today uh, by chance that we can plug? So- uh, so I did publish one uh, about Andy Isabella potentially being dealt. He was not. We'll talk about that. I also have another article in the works, coincidentally, uh, about why it's the right move to sit Kyler Murray. And we'll talk about that in great detail at gophnx.com. I'm sure a lot of people will be disappointed by that article. They'll see that and they say, no, Kyler's going to play. That's all over my Twitter mentions, my DM. He doesn't miss games. I understand that. He's 40, he started 40 games with 40 possible games available through three seasons. So I'm just, I'm outlining some facts, going a little bit more in depth in the article, but check that out as well as the talented work of of many of our peers at gophnx.com. Yeah, you can listen to our podcast for free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on social media, but what you can't get if you're not a member is access to 
all of Johnny and all of the rest of our colleagues' wonderful articles and uh, other content as well that is uh, part of our members-only um, website. And uh, also, we give free promotions and free deals on our awesome T-shirts. So what's not to like? So if you want to support us further, sign up to be a member, gophn.com nx.com. All right. We sort of skipped around a little bit, but you mentioned Andy. So do we want to get into sort of what his future is with this team? Did they, is he still a part of this team because they couldn't get much for him and nothing really made sense in terms of shipping him off? Or is he around because they truly feel like he's a great depth piece and has a future with this team? It's a great question. It's the million dollar question. I I had a question posed to me late in the day that I had not considered yet. So I'm going to throw it out there. Um, Is is he being stashed as a replacement for Christian Kirk next season? Uh, And that's not something that I considered. So you assume Christian Kirk's going to walk as a free agent. I don't think they're going to be able to pay him what he's going to get on the open market. Do you plug and play Andy next to Rondell Moore underneath next year to go with Hopkins and whomever starts, maybe they bring back AJ Green. Maybe they, maybe they draft somebody as the, as the wide receiver. Don't that, you that, have like, at least one catch through eight weeks though, if that were the case, I mean, wouldn't they have involved him at, in, to some degree? You would think so. And you would think he would not be passed up by Ant- Antoine Wesley, who Cliff Kingsbury obviously likes back to his days at Texas tech. He's had he's been active twice and he's played special teams in both those instances and that was only because they were missing Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy so it's not he was wasn't even active to play offense um, please no not Andy uh, I there's interest um, and I I do think it's a missed opportunity if teams had been calling teams have been calling in the offseason, but we talked about it yesterday cheers and I'm sure Kime and company wanted to see what they had with Green and more before shipping out Isabella uh, I just I, I know he works hard. He had a rough training camp with, I think, multiple occurrences of, of contracting COVID-19 or close contact. He is vaccinated. The only reason I know that is because the whole team's vaccinated. So that's not really an issue going forward. So maybe they're trying to give him some grace. And who knows? Long season. You need capable bodies. Um, they had to basically weigh, is it worth giving Isabella away for a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, conditional pick, depending on how much he, he would have played? And he's cost controlled next season for potentially like if, if Rondell Moore goes down, like that's who would play that role. That's who would play Christian Kirk's role. Wesley is more of an outside guy, as you saw playing outside what Hopkins was gone. He's got a little bit more size to his game. So maybe they feel like there's some value there. I don't, I've seen enough. That's my opinion because I think he's a body catcher and I think his, his skill set is very limited, but I also, I'm sure that there's some, there's some doubt in Kime's head that if, if he lets him go for cheap and he succeeds elsewhere, that's not a good look. Well, I think he needs to get over that. Uh, but uh, I don't have a ton, and I hate to say this because I'll be the first to defend Andy. I've been doing it this whole season. Yeah, Love you know. the kid. He's a great kid, a really hard worker. Yeah. Um, and the kind of just human that you want to have on your football team, but I don't trust him when he's out there. I just feel like I don't have a lot of confidence. I feel like he drops passes or makes mistakes. And that's why I feel like the one thing that he needs is more reps. And if you have a guy like that, or you are really thinking about him being a possible part of your future, that you would do what you could to, 
you know, get him some, some more reps. So I, I just don't know, you know, where he is going to improve if he's not getting on the field. I mean, he really yeah. needs to be somewhere where, you know, he's able to, to get out there and improve because I feel like he does have, I mean, the, his speed speaks for himself. That's, that's the one reason why he's in the league. And there, there is mm-hmm. a team out there that would love to have that speed and have a, have a place for him on their roster for him to be able to actually be out there and hone his skills more than he is here in Arizona. So he has some value, otherwise he wouldn't be in the league. It's a great point that I hadn't really considered. Repetition with a team with limited to no expectations. Sometimes you have to have that to rebuild your confidence. Instead, he's playing on a team that's in the national spotlight, which we love. They have a loaded receiving core, and I'm sure he's thinking to himself, I'm only going to get X amount of targets in practice. Like I have to make the most of them. Some guys just don't do well with that. And to, to Bernard's point, your point, he is an untrustworthy player right now to this fan base, to this culture. I don't know if he's a losing player, but I don't think a lot of people would classify him as a winning player, like somebody that you count on to go out and, and manufacture yards and touchdowns for you. Right. So ship him off. That's why I always say, like, ship him off to Detroit or Jacksonville, both teams that were looking for receiver talent, and, and let him go and just get force-fed the ball and try to regain his confidence. That's, I think, the perfect marriage probably this offseason. Do right by Andy. Try to get something back in return. I, I also just think that he is just the last remaining piece of the Josh Rosen era, and that's not fair to him, but it, it is the reality of the situation. And he's just been he's been thoroughly outplayed and beaten out by the guys ahead of him that it, it doesn't seem like it's going to work out long term. And none of the receivers that were drafted in his draft class by the Cardinals panned out either. So that might have something to do with it. It was, you know, you draft a, a whole bunch of receivers, none of them work out. Josh Rosen didn't work out. I mean, I think, you know, a guy like Andy, though, certainly doesn't hurt your team. I mean, he's a guy that sets no. an example of being a really hard worker. And so, you know, if you're going to have somebody stick around, even if he's not playing, I mean, Andy's definitely the the kind of guy that you want. But we talk about we talked about the injuries. We've talked about the potential return of Rodney Hudson this week or possibly next, depending on whether or not he's good to go for Sunday. But he is off injured reserve. We talked about J.J. uh, not being on IR yet, and um, Steve Kime and company unwilling to rule him out for the rest of the season. Uh, So all things considered and coming off their first loss of the season, how are we feeling right now? It's about a mid-season, uh, about mid-season. So what is the, the temperature check right now for you, Johnny, for this fan base? Uh, here in Arizona? I think it's cautiously optimistic for the remainder of the season, given where this team is at and given the teams that they still have to play outside of really Los Angeles. I think that all the games, even Dallas, the Cardinals should be favored in. Um, And so that's a good place to be. I also think that, you know, the division is going to be difficult for this team to secure, but at the end of the day, we're just so starved for, for postseason football, whatever that looks like. And it, it's it, it's such a, a quality thing to have under your belt experience-wise for young guys on this team that haven't had that. Kyler Murray, Rondell Moore, Chase Edmonds, you know, DJ Humphreys made the playoffs back when he was a rookie. He wasn't active. I just I think it, it Byron Murphy to get that spotlight and that experience. Um, and I don't think they're gonna be a one and done playoff team. I, I think that if they're trending in the right direction as the season continues. They, they could win a couple games and, and who knows, 
you know, it's a it's a one game playoff in the NFL. That's why it's 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 the best sport there is. I I, I think that this team right now we're we're experiencing the ebbs and the flows of, of a 17 game season where you're, it's just not going to be smooth sailing the whole time. Everybody deals with adversity. Um, it's just how how are the Cardinals going to deal with it now in the short term? The schedule's a little bit tougher each of the next couple weeks. Carolina looks like they're on a little bit of an upswing. Uh, next week, San Francisco just came off a big win. You just lost to Green Bay. Can you gut out a couple ugly wins and hit your stride again come November and December? And that's probably my biggest concern, Cheerson, is that Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray combination, through their fault or no fault of their own, I don't know who to put the ownership on, their winning percentage is not good enough late late in the year. Can that change in, in 2021? I've had time to think about it, to reflect, to make sure that I was thinking level-headedly. Is that yeah. a word? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the J.J. Watt injury followed by that loss to the Packers just totally took the wind out of my sails. They had mm. so much momentum. And that's why I think the J.J. Watt injury was so surprising. I mean, other than the fact that it wasn't really talked about, but it was just like, what? How yeah. they were for the trending. year? Yeah, they were they were trending in like such a good direction, and we were talking about true Super Bowl contenders. Um, you know, I had my sights set on like covering a dang Super Bowl. Like the the sky was the limit for this team, and then all of a sudden, JJ goes down. And he's one player, but dang it, he's a great player. He was the glue to that defense. They're, you know, they're they're already struggling up front. Um, and you know, we talked about Jordan Phillips. We've we've touched on Chandler Jones. Um, you know, got some guys need to step up. But man, that just I, I just don't know that anybody on that team, and few people, quite honestly, within the league could fill the void that losing JJ has brought to this team. And so between everything that last week brought, I suddenly, whether it's right or wrong, whether I'm overreacting or not, I suddenly just don't have the same amount of confidence. And that's when the stuff that you mentioned of, Oh crap, by the way, remember what happened last year. I hope this isn't a turning point in the season where things start to go downhill and you start to think that way. Right. So, um, you know, certainly the Cardinals are still a great team, but Mm -hmm. I have just a little less faith in them with everything that transpired last week. It's fair. I, I told myself I wouldn't doubt them again after what they did against Cleveland. That was so unexpected. Then they kind of just kind of slept, walked through Houston that game. I don't even recall many moments of that game because it was so irrelevant. The Cardinals still covered the spread. Um, I expected them to beat Green Bay even without Watt. And I just think that that Watt out for the year news was so taxing on this team emotionally that they just, they didn't have time to cope from it. This is where we're really going to be able to determine whether or not Cliff Kingsbury is a big boy head coach. I think it's kind of good that we're being posed with this question early on because if he is able to overcome some of these shortcomings with this with this team and this organization right now, I, I think will be a, a much better place long term if that makes sense. But if they if they do fall fall apart for whatever reason, let's say they still get in the playoffs but they limp into the playoffs, I, I think we'll have 
serious doubts about his ability to do the job. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're too talented. I think Kyler Murray is just a, a different player this year. My only concern really is, you know, the, on the defensive side, you know, w- the pass rush has to come from somebody now that Watt's gone. And again, it just it falls on number fifty-five for me. Golden's playing well. The inside linebackers, assuming Collins is okay, that that position unit is stacked. Still, big fan of what the secondary has done this year. But can number fifty-five come in and perform at just at a high level? ability the rest of the season he has been absent for far too much and and this sunday he's going to go up against maybe the, the best left tackle in football in trent williams like can he make an impact sunday in a game where cardinals have a better roster in san francisco i actually think colt mccoy there's not a huge drop off from jimmy garoppolo so number 55 because you know nick bose is going to play well for them so chandler jones it's, it's time for you to ascend because the team needs you I agree. Um, and BZ asking if we should be concerned about him. I don't think we yeah. should be. Well, I, I wouldn't really be concerned, but I'm definitely honing in on watching how he plays, especially, um, you know, from now and from now and here on out. I mean, I think he realizes the weight that's now on his shoulders and the responsibility that he has to pick up the slack. Um, not only, you know, and, and we were having this conversation before JJ even went down. So he already knew that he needed to step it up. Now you've yeah. got a, you know, now you've got your counterpart out. And, um, you know, I think he's well aware uh, of what he needs to do. Um, he was, I'll give him grace for Green Bay because he just come back off of a, a, a pretty, you know, difficult bout with COVID and, and had severe symptoms by all accounts. I don't know if he lost 15 pounds, but. He's had 10 days now since that Packer game. By the time they suit up Sunday, Jim Garoppolo is prone to turning the football over, especially in the pocket. Uh, the game could be won with, with how Chandler Jones plays on Sunday. I really do believe that. Cardinals update saying, I still don't think we've seen the best from this offense, which is crazy to think about. I feel yeah. like there are misses and plays not executed and we randomly get 30 points a game. We've been talking about that all year long there, the potential, there's so many missed opportunities that are left out on the field, which is good and bad because we say it like it's a, it's a good thing. Like, Oh my gosh, look at all those missed opportunities that the Cardinals could have had. And they're still getting 30. Well, if they're not like improving and they're still leaving plays out on the field every weekend and week out, I mean, is that really a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. I think they definitely haven't played their best their football offensively yet. I think the closest maybe would be the Rams game where they didn't turn the ball over. They were super efficient. I don't know if Kyler Murray was really hitting that game. So uh, they haven't played particularly well offensively for really the past, I don't know, two or three weeks. Um, So yeah, I I think they're due for a bounce back performance, but you just, you got a backup quarterback presumably playing. So he's, he's the wild card, but they, they, they have the ability and the, the depth on this team I think is really commendable for Steve Kahn. They they put together a roster where so many guys are interchangeable, plug and play. Assuming Hopkins is back this week, I mean you got you got five guys on this receiving core now, including Ertz, that you feel really good about. And then just Chase Edmonds and James Conner complement each other perfectly. They'll be fine. We're we're overreacting because we have ten days to stew on this because they hadn't lost all season. We forgot what it felt like and we were kind of numb to it. Now it's like. Oh yeah, they they lo- they lost the game finally. Shit, now what do we do? But yeah, I was 
thinking this today. I'm like, oh my gosh, of all the games that we have from Thursday to the following Sunday yeah. to, you know, sit on and think about and talk about again and again and again and again. It's like, oh my gosh, I want to move on so badly. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyler wants to, you know, hurry up and get back on the field just to put this one behind him. So if he doesn't play on Sunday, he's going to be itching to play the following week uh, against the Panthers. My goodness. Any, anyone that's not going to be able to get out there and play and just get that taste out of their mouth. I'm AJ Green is probably first and foremost the guy that wants yes. to get out there the most. <laughs> and then after that, probably Kyler. Absolutely. Totally agree. All right. Uh, just want to remind you guys before I move into our last segment. If you combine multiple bets from the same game on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, we call that a same game parlay, and you're always going to get a bigger payout. If you listen to Johnny on the Bet Show, he's and Shane, they're always dropping uh, some good advice for uh, for those that like to partake in sports betting on uh, good games and, and good parlays to, to bet on. Uh, the more you add to the parlay, the more money you can win. The best thing about DraftKings, it is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. That is why it is the sports book that we use. Super simple to use, too. All right, let's get into our last segment to wrap this thing up. We've got plenty of time to talk about San Francisco tomorrow and Friday. We've got plenty of days in the week, so we're going to wrap this one up with our general thoughts on the winners and losers of this week. I've got mine ready. Johnny, would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? You go first. All right. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but it was trending on social media. So I'm sure you at least saw the a headline somewhere. But Odell Beckham Jr. really, really was hoping that he would get traded today. And his dad decided now, I don't know what went on behind the scenes. I'm just assuming that his dad was well aware of the fact that he wanted to be traded and felt like he was going to try and help that trade uh, come to fruition. So he decided to post an 11 minute video of Baker Mayfield overthrowing, underthrowing, or whatever the case, and for whatever the reason, missing throws to his son. And mm-hmm. uh, it was 11 minutes of Baker missing Odell and was not shy in the comments either when people were replying. I mean, he was straight up. Uh, there was one comment that was accusing Baker of like intentionally not targeting Odell. And oh, he was, resp- yeah. And he was responding to that with like check marks and he was very active in the comments. And I was like, not a good look. Kind- not a good look at all. Number one, your son's still in Cleveland. And how, yes. how is that going to fare for him? Because if I'm in any one of his teammates, especially his quarterback, that's going to cause some serious issues for me. And now the fan base, I mean, forget about it with the fan base. I mean, yes, it's not Odell himself, but he's a direct reflection of his son. And um, I'm sure he's only echoing what his son feels and what his son has communicated to him. And it was just like, are we in 
like Pop Warner football here? Are we in, uh, you know, like high school here where, you know, it's, uh, oh, well, this coach doesn't know what he's doing. He, you know, he doesn't even play my son. Like we're in the National Football League here. I mean, it's okay if you have those feelings. Say it behind closed doors. Work it out, yeah. you know, Odell with your agent, et cetera. But to have your dad go on social media and straight up call out your quarterback in that way, it's embarrassing to, to Baker. Unfortunately, it's more embarrassing to him. Uh, kind of backfired yeah. on him, in my opinion. But that it, it's a disgrace. I and mean, what are you doing? Well, I think Cleveland showed you they're not going to be bullied into any kind of trade decision today. Uh, and so good for them. But I also think, you know, the Browns played better last year when, when Odell Beckham wasn't on their team. Um, Jarvis Landry is their number one receiver. We saw firsthand Donovan Peoples-Jones is certainly capable. I would have dealt him uh, and tried to get some compensation back. I just don't think he's worth the he headache. He's more of a name now than an elite player. Uh, and it's it's unfortunate. I think the injuries have taken its toll. But that's embarrassing. They tried everything. I mean, LeBron James was tweeting out, like, let Baker or let Odell go be the uh, number one receiver elsewhere. Yeah, free I, Odell. Think, come on. Yeah, I think the Browns were just like, you're. We're not going to let Twitter dictate our personnel moves, but I do think the right move would have been just to move off of them because they're not a quality team right now anyway with Odell. So go back to who you are. You run the football. You work off a of play action. Um, yeah, I would. I would move off of him. Unfortunately, he's known more, in my opinion, for being a toxic player than anything else. Cardinals update saying, let's say Kirk and AJ Green leave in free agency. Would you guys like to see OBJ in Arizona? Absolutely not. I wouldn't. I don't think he's good. I mean, if you have, a, I, I think he's, I think he's selfish. You know what this reminds me of? I just thought of this. So I was at Larry Fitzgerald's. He holds a, I don't know if he's doing it this year. He didn't do it last year because of, of COVID, but he typically has an annual women's football camp. And so it's fantastic. I love it. I participated in it two years ago. Nice. And there was, there was a ton of women out there. And that's awesome. Like they were going through, through drills and learning some basics of football. And it was just super fun. And I, I thought it was awesome, but Larry was throwing me a couple of passes at the end and wow. I was joking. So, I mean, obviously I, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm terrible. So he had me like run around and I didn't catch the ball. So I came back and I was joking. I was like, uh, I over, I joked that he overthrew the ball and he said to me, ah, never blame the quarterback. And it stuck with good lesson. me. Yeah. So he, this is Larry's what, a good person to ask too. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of what it reminds me of, like publicly, you don't blame your quarterback, right? And, and and really nobody on your, you know, you shouldn't blame any of your teammates in an open environment. You shouldn't air yeah. that out. You should keep that in the locker room. But I'm sure there's other things at stake. I highly doubt that Baker Mayfield is sitting back there thinking, Oh, I, you know, can't stand this guy. I'm going to, I'm going to intentionally hurt the team by never throwing to him or intentionally, you know, overthrowing him or whatever the case is. I mean, give me a freaking break. So absolutely not. I would not want to bring OBJ or his dad uh, here in Arizona. I feel like it would mess up the locker room. They've got a great locker room. Keep up the good morale. We don't need selfishness. Here in Arizona, that's all I have to say about that. Big loser of the week for me. <laughs> Big loser. That's a good loser. Uh, on the flip side, I will go with the Houston Texans on a, a couple different fronts. So they 
are in a full-blown rebuild. They've got a bunch of adversity facing their organization. They need a complete culture shift. Uh, and they decided not only not to deal away Deshaun Watson, but they didn't give teams time to talk with them, specifically Miami Dolphins, so the Dolphins could feel good. The Jeffrey Rossler owner tried to get a hold of him last night. The, I think the Houston Texans have, have fumbled this whole thing. If I was them, I would have tried to pivot off of him as fast as I could when the allegations came out, get what I, I could for him. I can understand wanting to wait for the due process, but this this franchise, even if you have Deshaun Watson, you're not going anywhere anyway. So start your rebuild, get your culture setting going. And then they they hung on to Brandon Cooks today on a 1-7 team when teams were interested in Cooks, and you could have gotten something reasonable in terms of trade assets next spring. So it's just not a well-run organization. I know they had three ones and three threes offered to them for Deshaun Watson uh, before the draft, and they said no. Their, their trade demands are just unrealistic. Uh, if, if you're trying to level set and reset as an organization, uh, I mean, you, you got to pivot off the guy. I think he's unfortunately toxic right now. And teams wanted to pursue him, and you said no. And I think the end result's going to be, Cheerson, that he's going to miss time next season if he's suspended. You're not going to be able to pivot off of him anyway. So you've really done your fan base and your organization a disservice uh, just on, on multiple fronts. So they're my big-time loser today. I'm not sure what is going on with the Deshaun Watson thing. If they legitimately had teams that were willing to pull the trigger on a trade for him, I don't know what you're doing keeping him. It's like a life preserver. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Unfortunately, even with Bill O'Brien gone, they are still making head-scratching decisions over Mm -hmm. there in Houston. Uh, For my winner... We talked about this yesterday. There was a person who bet $1,000 that ah, Jets yes. quarterback Mike White would have the most passing yards in week eight. And we were recording this while the Monday night game was going on. So all he had to do was uh, keep his fingers crossed that neither quarterback last night would surpass Mike White's performance. And they didn't. So the winner, $125,000. Decent amount. That is a that is a life changing amount to average folks like me. Yeah. Kudos to that person. Awesome. Uh, I will never see that amount of money in my life, but uh, <laughs> spend it wisely. Invest it. Get a Roth IRA going. Um, <laughs> don't go buy a bunch of cars and dumb shit. But that's a big winner. My winner is the college football playoff ranking committee. Uh, Cheers, and I've said all year on our PHNX. Uh, tailgate show, which you can catch every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., that I, I do not want to see Cincinnati and their fraudulent schedule get them into the Final Four. And everybody's like, oh, we love the smaller schools and we love the mediocre Sunbelt conferences and that uh, reward for organizations, for organizations, uh, collegiate programs that play the other elite collegiate programs. I don't care if they have a, a loss. All that to say, they have Cincinnati sixth. At 8-0, which tells me that they're not getting in. It's the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Michigan States, the Oregon, the Ohio States. That, that's your top five. Those are your major players. It's going to be either Ohio State or Michigan that gets in, presumably. I would love to see a Pac-12 team like Oregon get in, um, just because I think the Pac-12 needs a little bit more cachet. I don't want Cincinnati and a first-round blowout loss anywhere near my playoff. I want NFL players. I want competitive games. Give me that. that. 
that kind of we've all been spoiled by that Boise State Oklahoma game once upon a time. That's not how college football works. I want to see elite players and elite programs be rewarded for playing the best schools. I don't want to see Cincinnati who plays like with all due respect, a bunch of, you know, powder puffs throughout the year get into the playoff and then get smoked. I just don't want to see that. I agree with that, but that is in my opinion what's wrong with the current format because I would it is love, bad, yeah. I would love to have a team have a chance at a Cinderella Cinderella run that doesn't exist in college football, but you know, they don't deserve to be a top 4 uh, or uh, to be uh, to be in the college football playoff, but yeah. they do deserve to have an opportunity to have some sort of a run at it all. And unfortunately, Agreed. the smaller schools are never going to have that opportunity. So I agree with you, Johnny. But the bigger issue here for me is that they need to expand. I think they agreed to expand. It's just a couple of years down the line. So and maybe like to six or eight teams. Um, so eventually they'll get their opportunity. It's unfortunate for those kids this year because they are having a special season and they'll go to a marquee bowl game, but um, you, you, you can't play in that conference. And I don't care if you go undefeated and get to the four team playoff. They're just, you don't play real teams. I agree. I think that's a good, I'm surprised that you agree with me. I thought you were going to push back. Everybody Saul and Shane push back on me every time I bring this up. And so I'm, I'm happy to hear that you. No, agree. because they're not one of the best four teams in the league. They're not. I, no, I agree. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, since we agree, we're everybody's happy here. I think that's a great way to end it. And Johnny, it'll be it'll be you and me again, same place, same time tomorrow. No, Frank. Unfortunately, we missed him tonight. But we do. The miss show him. must go on, and it did tonight. So. See you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.